Best Health, presented by the Royal Gazette and RG Mags, is your go-to health podcast. We connect you with the very best of Bermuda's health and wellness experts, enthusiasts, and influencers, helping you get the very best from your mind and body. So go and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Royal Gazette and join the conversation every month. It starts right here. Hello and welcome to the Realities of Postpartum, the 10th episode in the 2022 series of the Best Health Podcast. I'm Becky Ezekiel and before we jump into the episode, I want to say a huge thank you to our sponsors without whom this episode wouldn't be possible. This episode of Best Health has been sponsored by Lindos. Why go anyplace else? Today, I am very excited to welcome Angela Hovey into the Sound Lounge. Angela is both a personal trainer with a focus on pregnancy and postpartum fitness, as well as the founder of Beyond Blue, a support group for mums with baby blues, depression, anxiety, and stress. During her own pregnancy and postpartum periods, Angela found it difficult to find reliable, evidence-based information on how to continue and return to exercise, and so 10 years ago, decided to retrain as a PT, passing on her research on postpartum fitness and recovery to private clients and group classes. During her two pregnancies, Angela also suffered with postpartum depression and anxiety. Not wanting other women to feel alone as new mothers, she teamed up with Mama to start Beyond Blue in 2015, offering support to those suffering with PPD. I'm so grateful that she's given up her time to talk about the importance of physical and mental support during pregnancy and beyond. So thank you so much for coming in. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Becky. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. Such a pleasure. So we've talked a bit about how you got into both the physical PT training as well as the mental support. Obviously, you had your own experience in that. What were you doing before that, before you retrained? Before I retrained, so when I was out of high school, I went to college to be a legal assistant, Mm -hmm. and that's what I did for four years. And then I went on to work in law still, but at the um, Court of Queen's Bench in Canada, Mm -hmm. so the federal courts, which I loved doing. Um, And then I moved to Bermuda, and was working at a law firm here, and um, just sort of fell out of love with it. It wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't what I was passionate about anymore, and it wasn't uh, something that I was interested in doing anymore. Mm-hmm. So I was looking to to do something else. Looking for a change. And did that yeah. coincide with you becoming pregnant and trying to do some research onto your own physical training? Were you training much before? Um, yeah, well, I've been sort of a, not not a good one, but I've been a yeah. lifelong athlete. So mm-hmm. I've always, always been involved in sports. I had a slight hiatus in high school when gym was no longer mandatory, but I mm-hmm. really missed it. So I, I um, dove back into sports. I was always into baseball, soccer a little bit, um, basketball, badminton, started you know, strength training in high school. Wow. Um, so, I mean, again, I was not good. Yeah. <laughs> I was not good at any <laughs> of these things, it. but I did it and yeah. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And then um, when I was twi- 20, I started um, kickboxing mm-hmm. training and I became a competitive kickboxer. So that was 
I was really, really passionate about that. I come yeah. from a family of, um, m- you know, boxers. Yeah. And um, uh, so they sort of inspired me, like my father and uncles and grandfather and great uncles. And uh, so I took up kickboxing, competed with that for a long time. And then when I moved to Bermuda, um, took up boxing again, volleyball became life mm-hmm. <laughs> as it does here and um, running and you know just different athletic endeavors and I just loved being active I was always you know at a gym doing some strength training mm-hmm. and um, to support whatever sport I was in at the time sure so when I started looking into doing something else other than working in an office um, that was the first thing that came to mind was something something to do with um, personal training. Mm-hmm. So I retrained in personal training. It wasn't, it, 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 was, it was before I was pregnant with my first. Um, I, you know, I just thought we're, you know, my husband and I had just gotten married. We're going, you know, we plan to have children soon. Once, you know, once I'm back once I'm back after just a few weeks, yeah. you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll be able to, um, you know, go back to work and sure. I'll be able to be a personal trainer. And I thought I'd be able to make my own hours a little bit more than mm-hmm. working in an office yeah. and stuff. So I thought it would suit our family mm-hmm. as well as, you know, my passion for um, athletics. Mm-hmm. We did end up having two miscarriages along our um, trying to conceive journey. I'm so, sorry. so thank you. It was it was difficult and I know that a lot of women go through that, but I w- it was shocking to yeah. go through, especially the first time I I you know, you hear about women say, "Oh," or you know, people I guess in general will yeah. say um, "Oh, it happens. Mm-hmm. It's not a big deal." And it was a huge deal. Wow. It was a huge huge deal. Yeah. And I think that was my first inkling of wait, why doesn't anybody talk about Mm -hmm. this? Mm -hmm. Why didn't anybody tell me it would be so hard to get pregnant, first of all? (laughs) Like, you know, in high... And and they don't talk about... They they don't talk about how things change as you get older. There's, like, this vague notion, and you have to do a lot of digging to Mm -hmm. find some information about it, but you know, other than my mother saying every once in a while because she wanted grandchildren, your eggs are rotting. Yes. <laughs> like, little does she know that's actually what happens. Yeah. <laughs> to, to a degree. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's not the scientific yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, description. But when we lost our first, I thought, nobody talks about this. Mm. They don't talk about how difficult this this process actually is I thought it would be a oh no too bad mm. try again but it was really emotionally traumatic it was physically horrible and we were early stages we were first yeah. trimester with both our losses and it was terribly painful and you know in and out of the hospital mm-hmm. but it was nothing like what I know other moms who've um, lost babies have gone through had you told anyone at that point that you, because you were a first trimester, you hadn't shared with anyone that you were pregnant? No, we hadn't even told our parents. Right. So um, that was also, yeah, it was really awful. Mm. It was really awful because my husband had to take me. We knew I was losing the baby. And, um, you know, the doctor just sent me home and said, I guess you just wait. And I'm like, for what? Like, what? It was so bizarre. Wow. And then... I don't remember if it was that night or the next night, middle of the night, I woke up and was um, 
was losing the baby. And I, they said, if, it, if you're in too much pain, come to emerge. But oftentimes women just do this at home. And I'm like, do what at wow. home? It was just, That's, it was it's really pretty shocking to hear, actually. You wouldn't expect it to, to be that way. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I think looking back, because we lost our second and I did stay at home. I didn't go to the hospital for the second. And it was nice to be home. It was, um, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't, I mean, I don't know if there's any better situation, but it it was nice to be at home, but it was just strange. It was strange that I'm literally having a baby at home that I'm not going to get to hold and I'm not going to get to, you know, raise. Um, and so, especially, again, especially after the first, it was just so shocking. Um, we sort of sat in it for, like, in our feelings for a weekend. It was a, it was a few days. And my husband and I just, he, he, it was really hard on him, too. Sure. I've never, I'd never seen, I think I'd seen him cry one time mm. before that. And mm-hmm. it was when a really close family member of his had passed away. And it, he was just, he didn't know how to handle it. He was completely unprepared as well. Mm-hmm. I couldn't provide him really any support. So we were trying to support each other, but we didn't know what to do. And yeah. finally, we, I said to him, I'm like, we need to tell someone this isn't working. Mm-hmm. And so we told um, two of our closest friends, and they were really supportive. And then we told our parents, who, again, sort of older generation, our moms were amazing, um, but our dads they just didn't know what to say and they were saying the wrong things Mm -hmm. and I'm like and this was a mistake I never should have you know and now I I, I'm able to look back now and know that they were just like I I don't know what to say I don't know Um, how to make this better for my child if you if it's something you you're not used to talking about or those kind of conversations you're not used to having then you can feel a bit imagine deer in headlights you don't know what to say you don't want to make it worse so yeah, people often don't say anything. Yeah, well, and I think that was I think that that was uh, certainly true for mm-hmm. our dads, especially our moms. I think um, you know my husband's mom is a nurse, so mm-hmm. she'd seen this happen. I don't know actually. I've never asked her if she ever had a miscarriage. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. I know my mom had one, but um, she didn't really know if she'd had a miscarriage because again like especially back then nobody spoke about it yeah but they sort of knew to listen and let me say as you know let us say as much as we wanted to not ask too many invasive questions Mm -hmm. but enough to know that we were there whereas our dads were just like kind of all over the place like they want to fix it they want to you know Mm -hmm. make it all better and they're trying to say things that they think yeah is gonna make us feel better and I had I had to tell both our moms I'm like you need to tell him to stop talking yeah because I'm gonna hang up <laughs> yeah you'll never take hear from us again if, yeah. <laughs> yeah fair enough but it was I mean to go back that was my first sort mm. of people don't talk about this this was way yes. harder than anybody ever indicated mm-hmm. to me that it would be and then I started talking to other people other mm-hmm. women who'd had miscarriages whether they and it was sort of across the board whether they had plan to be pregnant or plan to have children or whether they were really, really trying to have children or ha- already had children or didn't, I- everyone across the board mm. completely agreed. They're like, oh, it was horrible. Mm. It was a horrible experience. It was so awful and emotionally and physically, you know, and they they validated everything that I was going through, but I was like, why doesn't anybody talk about yeah. this? Yeah. And sort of the resounding answer is we don't want to scare you. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to scare you. Mm. And it's like, yeah, but... 
I was more, I was terrified yeah. because it's happening and I don't understand it. And I feel really, really alone mm -hmm. because nobody's ever talked about yeah. their experiences with this because mm -hmm. you're too busy trying to protect me. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's done the opposite. So I think, I think um, uh, we were speaking earlier about how women don't talk about their experiences with a lot of women's health issues mm -hmm. that are specific to women and I mean a, a lot of them have to do with having a child and becoming a mother yeah. and that is incredibly emotionally like uh, charged mm -hmm. I guess right um, for lack of a better I mean it's more than that but they don't they just don't talk about it mm -hmm. and I I think I think they feel like they don't have they don't have the right to change how their parents approached it, like how their mothers and grandmothers approached it. And they don't want to scare anyone because they've had such a traumatic, yeah. you know, scary experience. And they're like, I don't want you to think that this is going to happen to you. And it's like, yeah, but if it does, I feel like the more information, the more prepared mm -hmm. a woman is for all different scenarios, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, I know others have gone through this. This is terrible. This does feel awful just like she said it would but I know I'm not alone and it is fairly unfortunately fairly common right yes so you know it's better to be prepared and to know what could happen yeah than to be caught, caught off guard yeah absolutely but I think I think that that is one of the things that made me feel like it wasn't going to be a big deal mm. to have a miscarriage was oh it's really common yeah it happens a lot and it's like oh okay mm -hmm. and you know everyone you know, you don't tell anyone for the first trimester in case you lose it, and then yeah. you can pretend like nothing happened. Yeah. And it's like, there was no pretending like nothing happened. Yeah. Like, for me to be, you know, secretive and silent and pretend like it never happened mm -hmm. was, it, it, it was so much harder to, to be quiet about it than it was to talk about it. Yeah, I think so. I think actually that's changing a lot now. I mean, I think people now are, are thinking, no, I need to tell someone or at least a couple of close friends in my first trimester because... I'm really worried about what could happen and I need someone to talk to or if something awful does happen, I'm going to need support and I really don't want to go through it alone. Yes. So have you noticed that the conversations are changing from women you're, you're speaking to now? I, th I think so, but I f again, I feel like it's really slow going mm. um, because it's women who've had the experiences that are changing the conversation, but it's the women who haven't had the experience that need the conversation mm -hmm. so it, there's still a little bit of a disconnect yeah. and I think it's still there is still a I mean there's a stigma I think attached to all things women's health I mean there's still the like the uh, the barren mother yes. the barren woman like I'm you know damaged goods yeah. I'm no good to my husband because I can't mm. bear his child like there's still that feeling the guilt and the the feeling like you've somehow done something wrong. And I, I think that's a theme throughout all women's health issues through their lives. Mm. Like, you know, trying to conceive, miscarriage, um, prenatal de depression, postnatal depression, anxiety, like psychosis, all of those things. There's an, And then into perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause. Like, the, the symptoms that you go through and the things that you go through are different for every woman, but 
someone somewhere has had that, Mm -hmm. you know, that symptom or this symptom or this happen or that trauma. Mm -hmm. And to talk about it, it it's so helpful. It's so um, comforting for women at all these different stages. And I think there is still, you know, there's still a stigma. There's still, you know, a shame in it and in all of these things. Mm-hmm. But I do, I do agree. I think it is changing and I think it are, you know, it's people like you and I who are have forcing these conversations mm-hmm. that, you know, are helping, are helping women who are going through it, have been through it and are about to go through it. Yeah. Most importantly, like we don't want another generation of women to be having whisper conversations after they've had some sort of trauma in their lives that their, you know, fathers or husbands or boyfriends or, you know, any male friend can't understand. Mm -hmm. And even if they have a female partner who's not been through that exact, you know, um, situation, that exact trauma, like if I'm the partner that's had the miscarriage and my female partner has never experienced a pregnancy or a miscarriage like she's going to be seeking help too and Mm -hmm. unable to support in a way that she could better if she had these conversations and if she knew she was prepared yeah with information so there's probably more of a education to be done from a younger age to normalize it do you think that's fair to say to start having these conversations kind of on a on a school level when people are coming up through school i mean Oh, I mean, I haven't even thought back that far, (laughs) but I mean, I remember, (laughs) I remember my mom, um, her approach, and I've had this conversation recently. So my mom's approach to the puberty um, conversation Mm -hmm. was she bought a book called How to Talk to Your 12-Year-Old About Her Changing Body, and she gave it to me and said, here, read this. (laughs) And I'm like... (laughs) Aren't you yeah. okay? I'll yeah. just read it. Like it was wow. just really. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a different generation. It's isn't a different it? generation, yeah. and she was really open. Like yeah. she was a she is an amazing mom, mm-hmm. but she just didn't know mm-hmm. how to talk to us about about it all, right? And yeah. again, like our society was, it you know makes women feel awkward and shameful about their bodies. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous, mm-hmm. but that's why these conversations are so important and it's why they haven't been happening and why they should be happening. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, absolutely, I think from a very early age, Mm -hmm. it it would be great to have, you know, sort of age-appropriate, obviously, conversations and education. And I really think that boys should be given that education as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know there is obviously a need to talk to, um, you know, girls about their changing bodies, what's happening, what you need to do, all the rest of it. But boy, it would be really good for boys to know that Mm. information too. Like my husband, he went from zero to 60. Like he knew nothing about women's bodies. Like he Mm -hmm. had no clue what was what, what went, you know. Yeah. He, you know, he's like, don't we just stop using birth control? Like, I don't understand. Like he didn't know about, you know, cycles and everything and then by the time like a few months later he's like all right you're ovulating today yeah. we got you know this and this and this and i'm Love like he's like rose yeah. petals on the bed he's yeah. like go 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 <laughs> <Love that. laughs> i'm like oh right okay you're on this yeah. but i mean it took it's like a crash course in mm. female body anatomy for for the 
you know, our, our partners. Yeah. And it's confusing and scary. And then it doesn't work. You know, we've yeah. lost a baby or we haven't gotten pregnant that month or, you know, now my wife is crying on the floor, mm. uh, you know, five days after birth and I don't, under, or five months or whenever. Yeah. And I don't know what to do. I don't know what this means. I, I don't know how to help. Yeah. And, yeah. I, you know, I really think that there's a lot more education mm-hmm. that could be had for boys as well yeah. as girls. Well, you touched on it briefly there about, um, you know, feeling depressed after birth, whether it's days or months. So you had your two miscarriages, and thank you for being so open and talking about that. I think other people find it really helpful to hear you being so open about that. Um, I know you suffered with postpartum depression. Was that after both of your pregnancies? Yeah. So we had our first um, in November of 2012. And my pregnancy was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt I felt really good um, mentally. Like my moods were really, really even and, mm-hmm. um, and great. And... We knew I have a history, like a family history of depression, and so I, w- I thought I was on it, you know. Mm-hmm. I thought I was all prepared, and I'm like, we have to watch for this, we have to watch for this. Yeah. And then um, I had a C-section, which was really, really painful um, and difficult to recover from, so that didn't help. But I remember my OB was really good. He checked on me, like he would call me, he called my husband, like he... He was really, really good That's about good that. To hear. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I went to see him. I think two weeks later, and I'm like, I think, I think something's wrong. I'm, you know, crying a lot, and things are bad. It wasn't even two weeks. It was maybe ten days. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, okay, well, this is the period. He was very good. He mm-hmm. said, this is the period of um, baby blues. It's sort of the first two weeks. So if they don't mm-hmm. ease. Like literally, it's it's almost always like exactly two weeks. Mm. It is, and it anecdotally anyway, and even from what I understand with like the studies that I've read, um, the baby blues are the ones that you can actually um, almost time. Mm-hmm. Whereas postpartum depression, anxiety, psychosis, all of those can be. It's not like a year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, oh, you only have postpartum depression until a year or you can only be diagnosed up to then and then you should be feeling better and it's this magic time where everything is happy again. And it can start at any time. It right? can start like at any of, time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So after two weeks, I I actually felt my mood going back up and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. how exciting. This is baby blues. I'm, oh, whew, yeah. I dodged a bullet and my mood came up, but not all the way up, mm-hmm. not to where it was supposed to be. And again, sleep deprivation doesn't help. The shock of them sending another, like, a tiny, fragile human being home with you that you have to keep alive is, like, nothing we had ever experienced. It's like, what is (laughs) happening right now? It was, yeah, it was shocking. That's that's a word that um, one of my friends used, and then when it happened to us, I'm like, yep, that is... That yeah. is what it is. It's shocking. Yeah. So, I mean, going through all of that emotionally and physically in any event is incredibly difficult for any f- mother and her partner. But my mood just was not getting better and not getting better. And I just felt 
like I was in this dark hole and I just couldn't climb out and I felt like there was, you know, this like um, pressure or weight on me and it was just pulling me down and like every step was so hard. It was like walking through quicksand or something. I don't know. It was just like... So there were physical? Yes. Oh, yeah. So you have this... I mean, I I was exhausted and I was tired Mm -hmm. and I felt way heavier. Mm -hmm. But I also had, yeah, physical symptoms like extreme headaches, not migraines, but some women do get Mm -hmm. migraines a lot. But I had this... um, like pain through my neck, shoulders, and down my arms. And it was almost like um, like a numbness, but a pained numbness. It was mm. something, it was like nothing I'd ever experienced before. It was really bizarre, but it made it really difficult to function. Mm-hmm. It's it just, I was in so much pain all the time. And um, Did your doctor recognize at that point that, or did you recognize at that point that it actually might not be baby blues and this might be? Yeah, so I kind of figured something else was happening. But my analogy is that when someone breaks their leg, they're not forced to walk to the hospital on their broken leg to get it fixed. Mm -hmm. When someone has a mental health or mood disorder that comes in, your, your brain is literally not working right. And I went into a denial and... I can't, I just couldn't figure out how to, how to, how to get out of it. Yeah. And it, yeah, it was, a, it was a bizarre, it's a bizarre feeling. Like you can prepare and you can prepare, but you don't know how your brain is going to react. Yeah. You don't know what it's going to tell you is mm-hmm. good and is bad. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of initially, like I, I felt coming out of the baby blues and then going into the depression, I felt, oh, shoot this mm-hmm. is happening. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, I kind of went off a cliff and I was just so busy trying to be a good mom. Mm-hmm. And also there's the guilt um, of, I'm a terrible mom. How could I possibly be depressed? Like, this is all I've ever wanted. Mm-hmm. I've lost these two beautiful babies and now I have this amazing baby and he's so fantastic and I love him so much. And if I try and tell someone that I'm depressed, they're going to take the baby away. Mm-hmm. I was terrified of them taking the baby away. I was terrified of, you know, my husband thinking that I was a terrible mom and yeah. that, you know, I was, you know, like all, of course, you know, all of those things go yeah. through your head and you worry about what people are thinking and you forget actually you're really important as well. And, and you can't take good care of a baby if you're not, you know, feeling your best. So absolutely. And also just this is very it's not normal, but it is common. Mm. It's very, very common. And there is help and there are things that you can do. So in any event. I finally told my husband, I think I was about five, the baby was about five months old. And I'm like, I think something's wrong. And he, it turns out, had been talking to my Mm. doctor. (laughs) Like, I think something's wrong. And she's like, let's keep an eye on her. And they were trying to, you know, softly suggest, like, maybe we should go see the doctor. So I did go see the doctor. She gave me medication. At the time... There weren't studies to say um, for sure whether the medication I was on was safe for um, breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. So we know now a, a lot more mm-hmm. about breastfeeding and um, antidepressants. So I'd encourage anyone who's thinking about it to talk to their doctor yes. and, and get those studies. Um, my lactation consultant actually um, got me the best studies. But yeah, yeah b- both the pediatrician, MIOB, 
and the lactation consultant and my doula, all mm-hmm. of those people. I finally like it was like once I once I reached out, it was like I'm gonna reach out to everybody yeah. because everybody has all of these sources of information and like comfort and of course. yeah. So anyway, I went on medication and I felt better almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that's not the answer for everybody with Mm -hmm. depression sometimes it's and and I also started counseling Mm -hmm. as well I Mm -hmm. went um to a therapist and my husband came with me Mm -hmm. a lot of the times too that's good that you have that support yeah Yeah. well and it was really helpful for him because he was like what can I do yeah what can I do to help am I doing something wrong am Mm -hmm. I hurting her like am I me because he had the guilt too he's like am I doing this to her and they're like Mm -hmm. oh my god absolutely not Mm -hmm. like yeah, it goes all, it affects the whole family, obviously. Mm-hmm. So anyway, then about a month later, <laughs> I found out I was pregnant with our second. Wow. Which was a huge surprise. Yes. Because <laughs> after all of the work that went into getting pregnant with our first, mm. it was almost like my body was like, oh, oh, that's what you wanted yeah. to say. Oh, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> we can do that. Easy. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. So, like, my husband was like, yay. And I literally cried. Oh. I'm like, this is the first. I got, like, eight hours of sleep last yeah. night for the first time in <laughs> six months. Oh, my God. So, anyway, again, my mood. So, I went on. I had to go off the medication. Mm-hmm. Again, I think, I know there are studies that say which medications are safe for pregnancy now. Mm-hmm. At the time, um, at the time, there were very few sure. that we knew about. So I went off the medication, but my mood went back up. Uh, so, I mean, if, if anybody's looked into this at all, the hormones are, like, serotonin is a hormone. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and obviously, there are hundreds of different hormones, men and women. And when a woman is pregnant different hormones are higher in order to support that pregnancy when she's postpartum those hormones um you know go back down other hormones come up and those will often not balance out to and then you end up with a a mood disorder Mm -hmm. um and that's where the medication comes in it you know and you unfortunately it's it's quite the process you know finding the medication that works. Yeah. But once you do, like, for me, once I did, it was like, oh, my goodness, I'm me again. Yeah. This is incredible. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, I coupled that with therapy, um, exercise. This is where I started getting back into exercise. Mm-hmm. But while I was pregnant with our second, I was I was good. Everything was good. My mood was good. I was nervous. I was stressed out about having two babies under two. But, you know, I thought everything would be fine. I'm like... What again? <laughs> misconceptions of I have a baby. I I know how to take care of a baby now. It's gonna be fine. Yeah. Like once I have one, two will be fine. And having two was like like having a second baby come was like having four babies. Yeah. It was <laughs> not just twice as much work. It was four mm. times the work. And both my husband and I were like, "What have we done?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Yeah, two under two sounds. <sighs> That sounds like a lot. Like, I was, you know, they're 16 months apart. I was bringing a baby home to a baby. And, I mean, the day I left the house to go to the hospital, I had this little tiny baby at home. And then when I brought, an, you know, an infant home, mm. he looked like like a five-year-old. I'm like, yeah. make your own sandwich. I don't care if you're hungry. I got a baby now. Yeah. And he's like, I can, I've just started walking. Like, I don't know. 
<laughs> so it was it was really difficult. It was it was mm. really really difficult, and my mood plummeted. Mm. Straight, it was straight straight away immediately. Mm. Uh, our um, our second was. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's funny because I call it, I call it, you know, I talk about him and I'm like, it was that year, that year, it was him and he was so hard and he was, you know, he cried all the time, he wouldn't let me put him down and, you know, I, I blamed him a mm. lot and the only time we were, ha- he seemed happy with me was when I was breastfeeding, mm. he, cu- like, my oldest was like, meh, about breastfeeding, like, he did it, but he wasn't, like, in love with it. And my second, it was the only, he would cuddle right in, and we were so in love, and mm. it was the only time. Oh. It was the only time I liked him or I felt like he loved me, and so I'm like, I am never giving this up. Yeah. Like, I am not going on medication mm-hmm. again. I am not giving up breastfeeding. It mm-hmm. is not happening well. because I won't like my baby, and mm-hmm. I won't want him, and I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, um. That's a really brave decision to make it was it was uh, it was also very silly I didn't talk <laughs> to anybody about it oh. because I was again in uh, it was so much worse the second time mm. for me and um after having gone through it I thought oh I'll know the signs this time mm. and I'll, I know how bad it can get it won't be that bad and it was it was 10 at least 10 times worse than the first time it was so much harder um I'm so sorry well, and I mean, so thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so I just, I refused to tell anybody mm. how I was feeling. And it's not a secret. Yeah. I, like my husband, he can see me. Mm-hmm. You know, our moms are coming from Canada every once in a while, a lot, in fact, to help us. Mm-hmm. And they can see me. They're mm-hmm. like, this is, something's really wrong. And I refused. Mm-hmm. I adamantly and like angrily mm. refused to go to the doctor at all. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was just so convinced that I wouldn't love my baby mm-hmm. if we stopped breastfeeding. And that I, I just, ah, the whole thing. So anyway, when he was 11 months old, when my second was 11 months old, I, I mean, and I was barely functioning. Mm. I was barely functioning. Like I was, t- you know, taking care of the kids barely. Mm. My husband was doing all the grocery shopping, all the cooking. We had someone in to do the cleaning. We even, we, you know, were trying to put our oldest in nursery so that I would have some time with just the youngest. Like, it, I was, we were just, like, grasping at straws yeah. for help for me. And my husband was doing everything he possibly could. He was taking some time off work. And it, it, was, it was really, it was a really hard time. And I just constantly blamed, mm-hmm. you know, oh, he's just such a hard baby. And yeah. Uh, you know, I, again, I'm not going to like him mm-hmm. if I'm not breastfeeding. This is the time where he loves me. It's the only time. He's always hate blah, 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 blah. Isn't that scary, though, how your your brain can oh play those tricks on you? Yeah. And the kind of negativity you can tell yourself in those moments. And absolutely be convinced of. Totally. I was convinced yeah. that he would hate me and I wouldn't like him and bad things were going to happen. Yeah. So when he was 11 months old, I was like, I'm going to be productive and I'm going to make breakfast and I tried to make oatmeal and I burned it immediately like (laughs) and my husband walks in the kitchen and I am on the floor Mm. sobbing like I can't breathe I am sobbing I'm like I'm the worst I didn't even make breakfast and he's like 
he's like, we cannot, we cannot continue like this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Is my debilitating depression getting on your nerves? And he's like, oh my God, like what, where are you? Like, he's like, obviously well, you're we not need yourself, help. are no, you? you know, no, you're not yourself. No, not you're, at all. Yeah. I was so far from, removed yeah. from me. So um, he called my doctor. I went, like, he took me. He's like, we're going mm-hmm. to the doctor. And again, same as my first, but like, he was in contact with my doctor and they were trying desperately to get me there. My mom was talking to me. His mom was talking to me. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. So finally, like, they forced me to go to the doctor, put me on the same. Thankfully, the medic- we already sort of knew what medication Worked. tended to work mm-hmm. for me. So we, I went back on that, and um, it, oh, my God, it was, I don't know. It took not very long compared to what it usually takes. Like, it usually will take three to, three to eight weeks mm. to kick in, like, to start working, and um, for the SSRIs mm-hmm. to start working. And it was only maybe two and a half weeks mm-hmm. and I felt a huge difference really? and suddenly it was so crazy because right at the same time my youngest son was such a nice kid yeah and well. he turned and I'm like wow he stopped crying <laughs> all the time and he stopped you know being so mean to me and he stopped and my husband's like he's not changed at all yeah it was never him mm-hmm. it was you and I'm like so I feel really guilty now <laughs> About if I'd have just gone to the doctor sooner, mm. I would have enjoyed that first year of his life mm-hmm. a lot more mm-hmm. than I did. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was doing it for him and me, for our relationship, but mm-hmm. I was really making our relationship worse every day. Mm-hmm. And But you can't carry that guilt now that, you know, you look back and the place you were in at that time, you, you weren't in the right place to make that decision and you have the best intentions at heart you were doing it for the right reason I mean right but I think again I think this is where having you know conversations Mm -hmm. like this like really hard conversations hopefully like something that someone said will resonate with a mom who's going through it and you know in the darkness and in the haze and in the webs and in the you know all the rest of it that's going on when you're sick Mm -hmm. like that They'll remember, I remember hearing someone talk about this. I remember hearing someone Mm -hmm. say that their baby was so, so difficult, but really it was just because she was really, really sick at the time. And Mm -hmm. it was hard on her because of her health. Mm -hmm. And once she got better, once she helped herself and, you know, treated her illness, she was, her, you know, she had an amazing relationship with her her child. So if... Those kinds of these kinds of conversations can help someone seek help and yep. seek support and get it and have a better relationship with their you know their children and mm-hmm. their husband or um, partner. Then absolutely, it's worth talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think there's also an expectation of women that things will be hard, but you know that's just the way it is, and and you you kind of learn to cope with it, and so knowing where that line is of okay, it's hard, but I'm coping, or it's hard and I need help, is really blurred and difficult to identify. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's, you're, you've put it really, really well. I think that, I, I think that mothers have been told for re- generations that this is your lot. Mm. This is how it is. This is what motherhood is. Mm-hmm. 
and you just think, okay, this is as good as it's going to get, mm. and it's really, really hard, and I just have to keep doing it exactly how I'm doing it, and yeah. I am drowning, mm-hmm. but I guess that's what women are supposed to yeah. do, yeah. and, you know, now it's like, you know, you want to be a strong woman, right? I'm. You know, this was a big thing with my husband and I. We're like, we're strong, independent individuals. Mm-hmm. We moved from, you know, our home countries on our own. You know, we met here in Bermuda. Mm-hmm. So we moved by ourselves. Yeah. Like, I had two suitcases, and I moved to a country I'd never been to. And I made it, and I did all these things, and I'm so independent and strong. Yeah. And this baby is kicking my ass. Yeah. Like, what is going on? I can win this. Yeah. I can win this. Yeah. And nobody else, like, you know, I'd go to the baby play groups, and I'd go to, you know, the parks and mm-hmm. stuff and like everybody every other mom is so happy and <laughs> oh I love being a mom and mm-hmm. this is the best time of my life and mm-hmm. I'm like I'm uh, there's something terribly wrong mm. with my personality like mm-hmm. you're not thinking I didn't think oh my god I I wonder if I'm depressed because I don't feel like that yeah it was I'm a horrible person yeah. oh my god yeah. like what yeah. is going on start blaming yourself don't you yeah. yeah but then you know after I started opening up to people like yeah I, I have depression and after the second one I had massive anxiety as well yeah. and um they're like oh really me too I'm like what wow what you were the happiest mom and she's like oh yeah I was acting I talked to so many people who were like that they're like I was putting on a show mm-hmm. I didn't want to be you know, someone who people felt sorry for or wanted to avoid or, like, mm. maybe I can catch it or, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You know, there's or all there's these different... there's a shame that you're not coping or, yeah. you know, and I've had that conversation with my mum as well because, you know, I'm seven months pregnant now, expecting in December, so I'm having all of these conversations about what to expect. And um, and she said that she's recently heard from friends who's, who have said, oh, no, back in the day I was struggling, but I put on a brave face because that's what I was expected to do. Mm-hmm. People expected me to be at all the meetings and go to all the playgroups and smile and, and hang with the other mums and this, that, and the other. So women are put under a lot of pressure yes. to know what to do as soon as their baby's born. You're expected to be the world's best mum and know exactly how to do everything. Um so I really hope the conversation is changing. I really hope it, that people are being more real about what it's like to go through pregnancy and birth and, you know, postpartum mm-hmm. life. Yeah. I think, I think right, I think people are. I think women are fed up. They're fed up mm-hmm. with, you know, being kept in the dark mm-hmm. about their own bodies and their own health issues and very, very serious health issues. Yeah. Like postpartum depression anxiety and psychosis is a life they're life-threatening illnesses yeah yeah if un left untreated absolutely yeah um and and there were a lot of dark thoughts mm-hmm. and you know i thankfully i never had um even with my second <laughs> i never had any thoughts of hurting the baby yeah um which happens a lot I'm sure. so if there are if there are mothers who are mm-hmm. listening who've had those thoughts it's Mm -hmm. common Mm -hmm. it happens a lot because Mm -hmm. it's so overwhelming and exhausting and you just don't know what to do and you're in you're not in the right you're you're healthy headspace you're not healthy yeah um but I certainly had a lot of thoughts Mm. about about me dying yeah 
and um, you know how you know my husband would be so much better off without me and he could find a new healthy wife like Mm -hmm. a better wife and a better mother for our children and the things that you were able to convince yourself of when you're sick like that Mm -hmm. it's it's shocking yeah yeah Yeah, it's terrifying exactly um but yeah it's it happens it happens a lot and now you've come through that period you started beyond blue which is the support group Yes. For so, how does that work? If you've got women out there who are finding things a bit difficult, or they're worried, they're depressed, or someone they know, what what is it about? So it's, um, I mean, it was one of the things that I found when I was going through it. Is there there were there was nowhere to turn. I didn't have that support, and I would go to you know the playgroups and stuff. There's a fantastic. Um, organization on the island called Mama Bermuda. It's Meet a Mom Association. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had all these play groups and all of these activities and stuff, but it was all, this is where I found all the happy moms. Yeah. Or purportedly <laughs> happy moms. And I'm like, I, I want to talk about how hard this is mm-hmm. with someone. And there was nowhere to go. So um, it was about a year after my second was born and I was feeling better. I was back on medication, I was back training, um, physically training, and um, in counseling and therapy. And I thought this, this can't just this can't continue. There has to be a place where these women can go. So, um, Mama had been discussing, sort of amongst their um, committee members, the need for a, a support group. So I put up my hand and said, I would love to spearhead this. I would love Mm -hmm. to do this. Um, So it's been very much a passion project for me, and it's so, so important, I think, not just to me, but to the moms who've been, um, who have taken part. Yeah. Um, So it's, the email address to reach um, Beyond Blue is beyondblue at mama.bm. Um, you can find us also on the Mama website, which is mamabermuda.com, mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> I'll put a link to it in, yeah. the, in the show notes okay. so, so people can find it. Um, and there is a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So if you search for Beyond Blue uh, Bermuda, it will, it will come up. So yeah. we have two meetings a month. So one meeting during the day, it's at 10 o'clock in the morning um, at a cafe, a coffee house. Um, you can bring your kids. I mean, there was no way I was going to be able to go anywhere without my baby, especially early days. Yeah. So that's one where you can bring the kids. And it's not like a sit around in a circle and everybody says their name. Mm-hmm. And, hi, I'm Angela, and I have severe postpartum depression yeah. and anxiety. Everyone's, you know, it's it's a it's a coffee meetup. Mm-hmm. Everybody, I will generally, or someone, you know, who's running the group will generally say, this is my. This has been briefly my experience. A lot briefer than what I've done here. <laughs> but you know, I had two babies. Mm-hmm. I had postpartum depression and anxiety after both of them. I felt like I had nowhere to go. I didn't realize that there were so many women suffering. Um, I, you know, we just want to provide a safe place for moms to be able to talk about what they're going through. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so. Sorry, so we have the morning meeting, and then we have an evening meeting another time during the month, which is at 7.30 at a 
um, like a kind of quiet restaurant where we can kind of go off in a corner. But again, it's more like a, if, if anyone was looking, mm-hmm. you know, from the outside looking in, they'd be like, oh, it's a group of girlfriends having yep. dinner or it's a group of girlfriends having coffee. Sure. So it's not conspicuous. It's all confidential. Mm-hmm. No, like my husband doesn't even know, like people will say hi to me in the street and he's like, oh, how do you know her? I'm like, oh, um, yeah, I met her at a play date thing or something you know I don't yeah I know yeah exactly it's pretty easy to (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty easy to you know say oh yeah I just ran into them once or I know them through someone or whatever Mm -hmm. um but you know it's it's all confidential it's just so nice to be able to go somewhere and not put on airs Mm -hmm. you're not putting on a mask you're not smiling when you don't want to smile and it's just such a relief um for these women and some come to one meeting mm-hmm. and it's like you can see like n- not quite a light bulb but almost like a a relief mm-hmm. like a sigh like of a relief been lifted. yeah mm-hmm. like a weight yeah mm-hmm. exactly and it's like i'm not the only one yeah and that's all they needed to know yeah and there's others who come and they just find comfort in it because mm-hmm. some everybody has a different experience with mm-hmm. with depression and anxiety some it's just mild for lack of a better word and they're like I'm just a little bit and I just kind of need to feel like I'm not alone and then others it's long last it lasts a long time mm-hmm. some is are treatment resistant or some are being treated but they go through you know they have a difficult family situation whatever but I've had you know some moms who've come for every meeting for a year kind of wow. thing and it it's just, it, I think that they find it, well, they say they find it just so nice to be able to come to a place where they can say whatever mm-hmm. they're feeling and not be judged and know that no one's going to judge. And more often than not, it's like, yeah, yeah, someone will say, I, yeah, yeah, I've been through the same thing or I'm going through that right now or, mm-hmm. ooh, I'll look for that. Yeah. It's just, it's... Supportive and I guess a, a safe space for women to go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It must be lovely for you as well, having gone through it, to be able to help women yes. who are going through it. Yeah. It is. It's really, it's really gratifying. Yeah. It's really, I mean, the the feedback that I, I get is just so, it, it's, it's all worth doing. Yeah. And not that I ever thought it wasn't, but I mean... It just, it helps me know that, you know, I'm doing the right thing here yeah. and that it's just needed. Mm-hmm. It's needed. And yeah. it's not me doing it. It's, you know, all of us doing it mm-hmm. sort of thing. But it's just, it's it's something that was missing mm-hmm. in Bermuda. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a, a space that's been filled. And mm-hmm. I think it's a really positive one. Yeah. I think that's so important to have a safe space to be able to go and just be yourself. Yeah. What about the um, the personal training that you do? How do you find that impacts women who are maybe struggling with depression or anxiety? Does the physical exercise help help them mentally? Are you finding that the two go well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, our physical health and our mental health are so intertwined. Yeah. And when we have a baby when we get pregnant I mean you know that your body is now suddenly foreign Mm -hmm. and things are happening and you're like oh my god what's happening (laughs) what what is that new thing what is what is this what is that and like 
you know, as women, we've been told the less space we take up, the more valuable we are. Mm -hmm. And we have this growing body Mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, but I'm pregnant. There's a baby, there's a baby, there's a baby. And you're able to justify it because there's a baby. And then you have the baby and you're like, there's no baby. My body should be back. It should spring back. Yeah, it should just be back to where it was. And that's not how bodies work. Mm -hmm. That's not how any body works. Mm-hmm. I mean, any having a baby, growing a baby, and birthing a baby, however that baby's been birthed, are physically traumatic events. Mm-hmm. They change your physiology mm-hmm. a lot. It's yeah. not just a little, and it's not going to go right back. And I was super frustrated with that aspect. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of women, if not most women are, I mean, remember, and I remember going back to like our mothers, my mom told me, and she still like to this day, still thinks about it and is still ashamed that the day after she gave birth, so she was, I mean, she was 105 pounds when she got pregnant. Right. She was this teeny tiny woman. Yeah. And she gained, I can't remember, she gained, say, 40 pounds, which was a lot for a woman mm-hmm. that size. But again, all bodies are different. Everybody grows differently, grows their baby differently. Also, as a side note, don't ever comment on a pregnant woman's body. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Or a woman's body. To Agreed, yeah. At all. Pregnant or not, just, Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All you have to say is, you look beautiful. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. If you're going <laughs> to comment on a woman's body in any stage of her life, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness, you look beautiful. How are you feeling? Yeah. There you go. There you go. Anyway, she, say she gained 40 pounds. I was, say, six pounds. Mm-hmm. She got on the scale. She went through the hospital and found a scale, like snuck a scale, and got on, and she weighed only three pounds less. Mm. And she's like, but my baby was six pounds. The nurses found her on the floor crying because she Mm -hmm. was so fat. She said, and I'm like, you literally just had a baby. And she's like, I know. I should have been six pounds. Like, she still argues with me about the the physiological changes she went through and how illogical it was to expect to lose, (laughs) like, the literal baby weight the day after she gave birth. I'm like... That's not how it works. But, oh but then, God. you know, you think, you know, we're not exactly fed that in reality, are no. we? What we see is women coming out of, on, you know, magazine covers, women coming out looking glamorous with their hair and makeup done, and they get their body back in seemingly no time at all. So I think when it doesn't happen to us normal people, we start to think there's something wrong with us rather than what I've been fed actually isn't true. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, and I think that that's a theme throughout a woman's life. Yeah. Right? And, I mean, all of these magazine covers, first of all, there's a reason why that woman was picked to be a model. Mm -hmm. She's genetically blessed or genetically has the the body composition that our society currently holds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In a high, in, in a high uh, you know, yeah. a high value. Of, because we've seen that changed mm-hmm. throughout the years. I mean, uh, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm to get you back on. Yeah. yeah, but we, yeah, you're exactly right. We're told, you know, we're shown, you know, the whole body back thing. Mm. Your body is not the same. Yeah. I will never be, even pre-kids, I will never be, have the same body as when I was pre-pubescent. Mm-hmm. I've yep. gone through puberty. I've gone through 
life, yes. right? I am now this old. I'm not going to look like I did in high school anymore. Mm-hmm. And now I've had this major f- physical transformation, and I'm not going to go back. Mm-hmm. There is no going back. Yeah. You have a different body, but it's an amazing body. Mm-hmm. You've grown a human being, for God's sakes. Yeah. Like, you've grown an entire organ mm-hmm. to support that human being. Mm-hmm. Like, men can't do that. Yeah. It's pretty amazing when right? you think about what, what your body's capable of doing. Exactly. And so let's, I, I really want to help women take a step back and breathe mm. and remind themselves this is a season. Mm-hmm. Pregnancy and early postpartum are seasons of your life. This isn't, this isn't forever. You're not going to have, you know, the immediate after effects of having given birth forever. Mm-hmm. You may have torn. You may have had a C-section. There's, uh, I'm, oh my God, hundreds of different complications or scenarios that could have happened during your particular birth that will heal. Mm-hmm. They'll heal, but it takes time. Mm-hmm. It's like any other, I compare it to an injury, right? If you torn your rotator cuff which is not just one thing but anyway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you've torn a ligament if you've done in your ACL if you've broken a bone y- we're able and I mean we're frustrated often at times especially you know athletes or people who are active we're frustrated with that but we will sit back and wait for that to heal mm-hmm. but for some reason with you know birth and postpartum we're not patient, yeah. and society isn't either. Yeah. They're like, why do you still have yeah. the baby belly, and why do you still have this, and why are you still limping? Mm. It's like, because my incision hasn't yeah. healed yet. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, my goodness. Let's be kinder to, to moms and to Well, to, to ourselves. Each other. Yeah, and to, to each other and to ourselves, right? Yeah. And I think it's, it's tempering our expectations of ourselves and of our bodies mm-hmm. and knowing that we can... We, we still are, ca- we're more than capable of physically doing, getting to where we want to be. Yeah. Like, I, I, I was in the best shape of my life after I had my youngest. I was training for a fight, and a Muay Thai fight. So I trained in Muay Thai, and oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Like, I was strong. I was fit. I felt great. I was the lowest weight I'd been, not that I care too much about weight the only reason I knew is because I had to be in a certain weight category Mm -hmm. for um, competition but that was after having two c-sections two giant babies like every time I walked around town people are like oh you're definitely having twins don't ever say that either (laughs) but you know it's if you want to get there Mm. you can yeah it's possible but you need to let yourself heal there's a process and you need to to progress your like to progress yourself Mm -hmm. and that's where I can help with that so I found like segueing into the personal training thing I found when I was pregnant there was you know yoga sit on a yoga ball and bounce like there wasn't a lot of information about don't run Mm -hmm. like don't do this don't do that no whys Mm. and it was more like you don't want to lose the baby you don't want to lose the baby and it was more about the baby than it was about my body yeah which again is a huge consideration Mm -hmm. as we know but there was a lot of fear with physical activity Mm -hmm. um while I was pregnant Mm -hmm. and not a lot of evidence about 
what was right, what was wrong, what should happen, what can happen, what mm-hmm. can safely, you know, be done, what you should maybe not do yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Again, it's a season yeah. because there are a lot of women who've been told, do what you always do, mm-hmm. which is terrible advice. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to your body. Your body's new. It's yeah. going through things it's never been through before. You don't know what parts to listen to. Yeah. You're listening to your arms and to your legs. Those are not the parts. Yeah to listen to, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, it's just, it's a lot, it's more complicated in a lot of ways, but it's less complicated in other ways mm-hmm. than what we've been told for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I found really no help when I did go back to training when um, our youngest was about just under a year um, to help with my mental health. Um, I mean, I walked into with my Muay Thai coach and he's like, all right, here's a jump rope. Skip for three minutes. I'm like, <laughs> are you serious right yeah. now? And yeah. he's like, uh, like, I mean, he didn't know. Yeah. How is he supposed yeah. to know? And I'm like, do you have anyone in this gym mm-hmm. who's able to, you know, tell me what to, how to modify it? And mm-hmm. he's like, I mm-hmm. mean, I think so-and-so had a baby and that doesn't make her an expert. She's, yeah. that doesn't mean she knows what she's talking about. Yeah. And she didn't. And it just, I had to, try and figure out how to modify and I'm mm-hmm. like I need I need to research this so I did another course on pre and postnatal fitness it wasn't very expansive though mm-hmm. I mean I think I did it in two days it mm-hmm. was really short and I'm like this basically I already know from other research I've done that yeah. a lot of this isn't even applicable anymore like it's out of date so I did a lot of um deep diving into it and I found um a woman called Brianna Battles, and she has a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism um, program. Mm. And she, her oldest is about the same age as my oldest, and she was like strength training coach, and you know was into like serious strength training. And she trained really hard through her entire pregnancy. Like she has pictures of like literally nine and a half months pregnant like doing olympic lifts and she's like look at how strong i am and she had the most horrific birth experience and recovery was so hard and she effectively did exactly what i did she's like this can't happen Mm -hmm. i was told if i worked out yeah up until birth Mm -hmm. that i would have this easy easy recovery and that is absolutely not what happened so what the heck so Mm -hmm. she did her own deep dive she started doing it because she had the background of a strength training um personal trainer she already had that base and she oh my gosh she talked to so many professionals pelvic floor physiotherapists and you know prolapse doctors and uh, i mean everyone everyone she could find Mm -hmm. um and she's put together the best pre and postnatal athletes like recovery um, program mm-hmm. in America, well, in North America, yeah. and even there are a lot of um, trainers from Europe who are even taking this course. Like it's just incredible. So I've taken this course, and it's just like, oh, it makes so much sense. But there's no way I would have known that if I hadn't have been taught it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I went on a um, to a workshop, to a seminar, a live seminar um, in the states with her a few weeks ago, and it was incredible you know it was really what really hit a lot was being in a room with 
I, oh my God, it was like 28 other women mm. from all over Canada and the States and getting feedback from them and support from them. Mm -hmm. And nobody was competing. Nobody was, you know, talking down to anyone. They were like, ooh, I have an idea for, if you want to do that, I, you know, tried that. It didn't work so well, but then I did this instead and it worked really well. And, ooh, you're really good at this. You should try that. Mm -hmm. And on top of everything that we learned with the training and how to modify, how to adjust, it was, it was yeah. absolutely incredible. Um, and I'm excited to provide that service yeah. here in Bermuda because, again, there are, and I mean no offense at all to the trainers that are here who are, you know, taking the little courses like what I t initially took mm -hmm. because why would you think anything different mm -hmm. if that's what you've been told, mm -hmm. if that's what you've taken for a course, mm -hmm. but it's not in-depth enough yeah. um, at all. And I have some really amazing um, skills and knowledge and help for mm -hmm. women who want to do anything from get back to running, go for a walk mm -hmm. without any, you know, feeling any symptoms. And a lot of women, I mean, I remember being at a dinner with um, a group of women, a group of moms, and someone made a joke about like, oh, I want to laugh, but I'll pee. And everybody laughed because, oh, yeah, we all do. And I'm like, no, mm. no, that's, and they're like, well, but that just happens after you have a baby. I'm like, I know, <laughs> but it can be fixed. Yeah, and yeah. they were just like, nobody told them. Nobody knows that, like, mm. you don't have to put up with, yeah. you know, incontinence, you know, pain, pressure, mm -hmm. um, prolapse, like pain during sex, like inability to like, people want to jump on the trampoline with their kids. Mm -hmm. You can do that again. Yeah. But we need to, mm -hmm. we need to rehab it like mm -hmm. it's an injury because that's what it is. Yeah, it right? is. Your body's gone through a huge trauma. So yeah. like you say, yeah. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to come see you uh, for some training. Yeah, when, uh, absolutely. <laughs> when the time comes. I'm happy to help. <laughs> Thank you. Um, before we finish, we every month put out um, on the Royal Gazette Instagram to see if anyone has any questions that we can put to you. So if you're happy for us to put a couple of those to yeah. you, um, and that we can just get some answers. So are there any resources you would recommend for new or expecting mums? Uh, yeah, I mean, in Bermuda, I would say before you even have your baby, look up Mama Bermuda. Mm -hmm. It's it, it's a great support source. Without them, I don't know what I would have done. Mm -hmm. um, I have lifelong friends that I met through Mama. Um, and my kids have lifelong friends yeah, that they met through lovely. Mama. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say that. And, of course, look up Beyond Blue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Obviously, come see me mm -hmm. at Alchemy. So yeah. you can look me up at alchemy.com. No, sorry. Alchemy.bm. Alchemy.bm. Perfect. Is it, we'll, we'll put that in the show notes as well. Yeah. Where people can find you. And what okay. about, you're on social media, aren't you? Your Instagram, is it Angela? It's Anchovy Wellness. Wellness. Yeah. Wellness. So okay. Anchovy Wellness. So it's A-N-G-H-O-V-I Wellness Got it. is Instagram. Mm -hmm. And then Facebook, same thing, Anchovy Wellness. And if you need to email me, it's anchovywellness at gmail.com. Okay. 
Um, and I think my phone number is all over there too. So if you want to WhatsApp me or mm -hmm. call, I'm happy to talk to anybody anytime they need. That's good to know. Um, and finally, can I do anything to prepare during my pregnancy to lower the risk of suffering with PPD? <laughs> it's difficult because there are so many different contributing factors. Mm -hmm. um, you mean to why people develop yes, PPD? As so to whether why it's hormonal or whether it's situational or? Yeah, exactly. And even, yeah, it, it does, it really, really depends. But what I've found from research and from sort of anecdotal evidence from what I've seen uh, with the moms that I've dealt with is support mm -hmm. after the baby is born get a lot of support. There are postpartum doulas on island, thousand percent recommend getting one. Mm -hmm. um, night doulas. Right. Um, enlisting your partner, like getting him to do as much as possible to help you. And if it's overwhelming for him, bring in another family member, bring in someone who's hired, a any kind of help and for as long as possible mm -hmm. because it's it's not just the first couple weeks or the first month that you need help mm -hmm. it's it it's a long time like the first w I've heard and I've I said this as well but I've heard other moms say the exact same thing like it felt like every six months was were a milestone mm -hmm. like the first six months are just the sleep to deprivation I uh, my husband and I were like oh sleep deprivation we've been up later for worse reasons we're <laughs> cool it's fine like we've been out partying till 4 a.m and then rock up at work at nine we're totally yeah. fine it's a very different thing yeah. there's a reason they use it for torture like I've never yeah. felt like that in my life and it's a huge contributing factor mm. to PPD I always felt better my husband would take a night shift mm. And I was still breastfeeding, so it was really difficult to do. But he, I would pump, mm -hmm. leave him some milk, or, you know, whatever, If once we started on formula. And I would get a six-hour stretch. Now mm -hmm. I get six hours sleep, and I'm dying. I'm yeah. like, I have not had enough sleep. But a, a six-hour stretch when you're postpartum and when you are up every hour or two mm -hmm. is a godsend. Mm -hmm. So having, again, the night nanny or the night doula – your husband doing that shift on a weekend mm -hmm. or whenever he possibly can mm. or someone else coming in. If you can't do like a, someone helping you at night, get someone during the day to hold the baby mm -hmm. while you nap. Yeah. And nap, you know, yeah. the sleep is so huge. Yeah. And I mean, there are women, my doctor actually asked me the first with the first, our, my first baby when I went in and said, I think something's wrong. She's like, do you think you have depression or do you think you are sleep deprived? And I'm like, that was really insensitive. Mm. Like, what? But that's how sleep deprivation can make you feel. Right. It's severe. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a huge thing. Oh, my God. Any shortcut you can take. Yeah. Like, meal deliveries, mm -hmm. grocery deliveries. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, friends bringing you a coffee. Like, yeah. laundry service. Like, yeah. on, it takes honest, a village. Just get 
Well, or take the support. Yes, and ask for it. Don't yes. wait for someone to like. Don't feel bad about mm-hmm. asking for support, and be in fact like, un. Uh, what's the word? Be like, just uh, unapologetic. Unapologetic and like brazen. Yeah. Like absolutely. Like yeah. I knew you a year ago and you said you'd help me. Yeah. So can I'm you please calling it in? Yeah. Call it all yeah. in. Because I found that people, my friends with kids were the ones who knew what I needed, mm-hmm. but they had their own kids. Yeah. It was really difficult for them to help me. They did. I had a lot of friends. Like those are the ones who know. Mm. They're like, oh my God, because they've been through it. Yeah. Ask your childless friends or friends that have older kids to to do the meal prep and the come over and clean mm-hmm. my house mm-hmm. and or you got you got disposable income you don't have children you hire someone to come mm-hmm. clean my yeah, house yeah whatever any kind of help and yeah. definitely ask because there are very few times that people are going to turn you down yeah yeah that's true um, and that will it will help yeah it will help. Yeah. Um, Therapy, mm-hmm. even if you don't feel like you need it, I would go, I would go pre-birth, like when you're post-natal, mm-hmm. um, prenatal, like before the baby's born, and then go once or twice after, mm-hmm. basically for a check-in. If I had a told a therapist yeah. what I was feeling with my second, I wouldn't have made it. I wouldn't yes. have pushed that long because mm-hmm. she would have caught it. Yeah. She just said, that's not, that's not normal. Mm-hmm. That's that's un- you're unhealthy. You are sick. Yeah. This and this is a legitimate illness. This isn't in your, it's in your head that your brain is in your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. it's not something that you can help. But anyway, yeah, she would have caught it yeah. a, a lot sooner and I would have suffered and my child, my family would have suffered a lot less. And that's the time to get that kind of help, isn't it, as a preventative measure yeah. rather than waiting until you know you're so far down the line that it's really really difficult. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a lot of preemptive things before you have the baby Mm. I would say Mm -hmm. like book those sessions book the cleaners book your friends book your flights for family coming in Mm -hmm. or you know ask your mom if your if your family lives on island get get like do shifts say your shift is the first week I'm home your shift is the second week I'm home like Mm -hmm. or whatever like make those plans before the baby comes because once the baby comes it's you're busy. Yeah. You're really, really busy, mm-hmm. and you're really, really tired, and you're doing all you can, yeah. and that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we used to be in, what, like you said, like we used to be in a village, and mm-hmm. people would just show up, and that's, that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Our society is, you know, very nuclear family, mm. which is great until you have a family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I have other people to take care of. It's, uh, uh, yeah, unapologetic about asking for help. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Yeah. Well, I have so many more questions. I could probably <laughs> talk to you for another five hours, but um, I know I could probably go on and I'll on have too. To but come back on for a follow up to talk to us again. And thank you so much for coming in for talking so openly about your experience. I think it will really, really help a lot of people to hear that they're not alone, that what they're feeling is normal, and that there is support out there. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Pleasure. Thank you all for listening and a huge thank you to Angela for so openly sharing her experience. 
It was really insightful and inspiring for me to listen to her. And I hope that anyone out there who's been through something similar found it really comforting to know that there are people on the island who you can connect with and who can provide support. So make sure you check out her details in the show notes and reach out to her. If you yourself or a loved one is going through something similar and is looking for a bit of extra support. A final thank you to our lovely sponsor for supporting this really important episode. This episode has been sponsored by Lindos. Why go anyplace else? Please head over to our social media pages and let us know what you thought of today's episode. We are at RG Mags and at the Royal Gazette on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'll see you all next month.